Welcome to the Rebel and Muse podcast, where you can join us on our journey of self-improvement. I'm Kaleo Wassman. And I'm Melanie Wassman. Tune in each week to discover how we find balance in health, love, and life. Alright, we got more DMs. Are we DMing? <laughs> the DMs are, are flooding through. <laughs> Hold on, let me get situated. I just grabbed my coffee. Alright. I'm finished with mine. Oh no, this is oh, going to be the shit. Yeah, this is going to be the best podcast ever. Good morning everyone. Good well, morning. it's morning for us. Yeah. And um Whatever it time is you a find this. beautiful rainy mon- Monday. Oh god, here we go, coffee. <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful rainy winter. Winter Monday. Winter for morning. Southern California is my favorite winter. It just gets to be like 50 degrees and 58. Crisp. Right. Yeah. We have a lot of windows in our loft and and all you see is just gray and palm trees, what are they, swaying in the wind. <laughs> Sound like, it sounds like you're writing a song, actually. Oh, yeah. Well, funny that. So today we're going to be talking about, I'm going to interview Kaleo on songwriting, his whole process, um, basically everything that goes into it. Because he's been in, he's on day five of his fast, and he has been in the studio like the mad scientist. Well, there's a, a special opportunity that got presented to me. I can't really talk about oh, it. Oh, you can't talk about no, it? No, I can't really talk about that. Shoot. But, but it's a really, I will say this. It's one of those like incredible situations that um, that I've been waiting for for a really long time. Probably since you were a kid. Yeah. A teenager. And, and, and to, write, uh, to write in collaboration with this band that approached us, I, um, I'm kind of losing my, my stuff. But uh, I will... <laughs> I, I can't say anything about it because um, it's top secret, but I will share it ex- as soon as it's finished and it's wrapped up and it's approved. And I, I'm really, uh, I'd say, honored to be able to be a part of this project the way I am. That's so exciting. I know it really is. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel the smile coming through. You can also see it if you look over here. Yeah, I know. Right? I'm looking. <laughs> So there's a lot that goes into the writing process, apparently. Um, you know, you've been on all sides of it, whether you're writing for yourself, you're writing with and for other acts, um, or you're writing specifically for someone else. So um, we're going to dive into it. Okay. And I'm going to start off. So we did a little Instagram post asking people to DM us with some questions, and they are flooding in right now. What so, is our Instagram handle, by the way? <laughs> Rebel and Muse. Okay. Yeah. I just kind of set you up for people to, to hear that over this podcast. <laughs> All right. All right. So um, let's just jump into it. Okay. So first of all, I have some questions that I want to ask, mm-hmm. and then we will go to the Instagram. And, the the and DM. The DM. We'll slide into our DM <laughs> and, and see what other people are curious about. <sighs> All right. So first of all, when did you start writing songs? Okay, so I started writing. I'll put it this way. I started writing when I was about 14. Um, I, and it wasn't necessarily songs yet. They were just thoughts and and uh, feelings on page. And I've, I've had a, an affair with it um, for, for since, since then, since I was 14. When I started to learn how to play guitar is when I started to to form the the poems or, or the purge on page or, or, or the journaling, whatever you want to call it. That's when I started to join the two together. Um, I started playing guitar about 15, 15 to 16, somewhere around there. And I self-taught um, with Beatles books. 
and uh, they, they used to have these things called fake books. I they, they still have them now, but you know everything exists online. But back in back in when I was fifteen, these were really thick books that had um, little diagrams of the chords, just like these little mm-hmm. written. I know li- them well. Yeah, like these little <laughs> written things, and they'd had little dots on on where the the fingers would push down on the strings, and then the other strings that did not have any dots were open. So this is how I learned and why I, I, I picked Beatles songs was because growing up, my parents would always listen to Beatles songs. So they're embedded in my head. So I had a really good idea what the songs were like or how they should go when I was learning my, when I was just self teaching myself to do this with um, the Beatles fake books. Now, again, the, the, the fake books are called fake books because they're not really the Beatles chords. They're just chords kind of like, that are easy enough to get through the song. Is but- that why they're called fake books? Mm-hmm. I remember when I first started playing guitar and you would go on tour and I would have one of those books that mm-hmm. I went to. I think I went to Guitar Center to go find a book with the chords that I, songs with the chords that I could actually handle. And you came home and I'm like, look, look at these songs I can play. And you're like, oh, you got a fake book. Yeah. Right on. I'm like, no, it's not, it, it's real. I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're just called fake books. They are real. And yes. they teach you. I mean, that's exactly how I learned how to play guitar um, with those those books. And so that, I guess, I mean, that's when it really started. When I started to learn how to play guitar and fuse my journaling together, that's basically when I started to write songs. I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay, so take us through your process. Because I walk back and forth across the studio here going to the kitchen to the bedroom and like I said you're just like this mad scientist you're writing you're on the couch you're back at the the desk you have your blue blockers on you're 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 in it what is your process uh so it it changes but I mean so you can you can really be focused on something and then this is going to sound kind of odd but what I experience sometimes is when I'm too focused on something, I lose focus. I need to step back. I need to break mm-hmm. away. I need to think of something else. I need um, an ear palette, <laughs> like an ear palette cl- cleanser, a, pl- a palette cleanser for my ears. I need mm-hmm. to step back. I need time. Um, I need to close my eyes. I need to to figure out. And how I usually do this is uh, the process is I, I make a melody to the music that I'm listening to, that I'm trying to write to, okay? You mean like with your mouth? Uh, with Yeah, well, it's a it's a vocal melody. Mm-hmm. And um, that's kind of the, I, I, I have an easy time filling these, um, these melody with words once the melodies are done. So I will just go and I will record myself going, la, da, 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 you know, <laughs> and I will listen back to that melody that I, I have created through um, through the vocals. And then I will try to gravitate to a word or a combination of words that sounds like that rambling that I made over the recorded music. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes I'll be on like a, a work phone call and if you'll, you know, leave the studio and just start singing this, whatever you call it, mm-hmm. mouth melody, <laughs> or no, maybe that's, that, what, that's what you it. call it, but I like it. It's, <laughs> a, it's an MM. Whoever's on the other side of the phone calls, what, what's he singing to? Like nothing, nothing really. He's singing to the, the 
madness in his mind, the beautiful madness in his mind. Well, yeah, and and also, you know, I'm I'm listening to the music that is provided, either provided by someone else that wants me to write on it, or music that I have created, um, in any capacity, whether it's just um, you know, a drum beat, uh, a guitar uh, strum, or uh, something that um, any of the the bands that I'm working with have come up with. So when you say a, like an ear palate cleanser, mm-hmm. would you go off to another song and then come back to this one? It, you know, what I'm saying is go off and write on another song or do you completely separate that and your palate cleanser would be just to not listen to anything or not write anything else and just kind of do something else and get you out of that situation and then come back to it fresh. Yeah, I think it's a both and situation. I think that um, it's it's pretty fun to you know start writing words and maybe they don't fit a song you're currently working on, but the subject really fits another song that you've been working on. And there are quite a compilations of songs that are kind of half done, half finished, almost constantly in my life. Imagine like walking into, let's just say, um, a, a painter's gallery. And there's just a bunch of like, there's a bunch of canvases filled with ideas, but not totally finished yet. Uh, that's what I would say a lot of what the creative process that only I hear looks like. Because when the piece is ready to be shared, you'll hear it. It will be distributed. So um, my ear breaks can take me to different projects, different um, canvases, if you will. Mm-hmm. But uh, sometimes I'll just completely go to a different area. So I'll just put on Tupac or I'll go listen to um, Bruno Mars mm-hmm. or I'll go listen to Rolling Stones just to get completely out of the maybe a situation that I've been too focused in. And it allows me to hear some different words, hear some different placements, hear some different, uh, when, I, when I say placements, I mean deliveries vocally. And it just kind of breaks me out instead of having to, I would say, stay in a regiment that may be blocking progress. Mm. Yeah. So it kind of can bring some inspiration as well. Absolutely. You know, um, and all, I, I get so much inspiration. You know, the reason why I love to do music so much is because there's so much music that I love. Mm-hmm. Well, that kind of answers um, on some level my next question that I had. Do you finish songs front to back or do you kind of jump around from idea to idea? Yeah, I'm more of the idea to idea guy. I mean, there's mostly all of these songs that people haven't heard yet that are still in the works. And then um, they'll get to a point where uh, I feel that that it's, and this, this might sound difficult for people to hear, but I'll feel it to be good enough. I have kind of relaxed about perfection um, simply to the fact of it's not going to be. Um, it's, if it's, I, it's, I'd say if it's 80%, uh, if it's 80% of what I'm trying to get across, I want to put it out there in, in the, the hopes of it's not who doesn't listen to it. It's, it's about those who do listen to it. And you know, this is a service industry for one. Uh, I, I love putting music out there because what I hear back really 
humbles me and blows my mind with people saying like, you know, this, this one line or this, this song has changed my life or this, this helped me so much in my life. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible service to provide. And from what I know about your songs is that everything is completely up for interpretation. So you could write it, you write very ambiguously in my opinion. So you can write a song that on the surface, it seems like it's about one topic, but on the other side of that coin, you have another idea about how it could go into something else that's a little bit deeper or the complete opposite. And do you do that on purpose for people to be able to interpret it how, um, how they're feeling or what's going on in their lives? You know, I do. Um, to be honest, I, I really like to make songs, uh, I, I would say, as, as expansive as they can be. And so it does take me, you know, it does take me some some minutes, man, to write lyrics. Uh, the melody usually comes pretty quick. And then, you know, trying to fit the, the lyrics inside the melody and to make sure that it's exactly what I want to say. Um, it, it's, it's really, really important. And I can just criticize myself till I'm whittled away to nothing. And it never feels good. That's why I, I, I drawing back to this 80, 80% thing. Yeah. Um, I draw back to this 80% because if it's 80% of what I'm trying to say, I, I really truly believe that it's going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. And uh, it also allows me to push it. I'm sorry, not push it, but just release it. And I'm, I'm really, you know, it, it's a really trip, you know, how, how the personal things in life are the most universal. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I think anybody listening to lyrics will interpret it with what their life is going through, what their experiences are, what the experiences they've had. I mean, take, take a look at something as simple as, um, let's say Jack and Jill went up the hill. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So you picture Jack and Jill walking up a hill. Well, maybe someone will interpret that as, "Whoa, Jack and Jill are going through some hard times. They're going up the mountain." Like, oh, good way to see. You know it. what I yeah, mean? Like yeah, it depends nice. on. Or you can see Jack and Jill going up to have a real good time. Yeah. Right. See, whatever. So I think people <laughs> might interpret your lyrics with whatever they're going through because you do write pretty um, ambiguously and open to suggestion, which yeah. I think is beautiful. It's very artistic. Um, okay. How do you know when a song is finished? Uh, or, or should I ask, how do you know when a song is not finished? <laughs> yeah, that's actually a better question. So, uh, <laughs> when a song isn't finished to me, it's when it doesn't feel that 80%. It doesn't, it just, it, it, it has to be crafted more. There has to be something else to it. Maybe a layer has to be added or maybe a layer has to be discarded. It's, um, it just doesn't feel right and I don't like showing it. Mm-hmm. That's how I know. If if there's something that I want to show, I know that it's well on its way or it is already finished. When I don't want to show it to anybody, where it just kind of stays in my hard drive, um, where all of my songs are, uh, that's when that's when I know that it's not finished. And so it just needs a little more time. And some, some songs come really quickly and some, some songs take, you know, forever. I, I have songs that are 10 years old that haven't seen the light of day and I still work on them, mm-hmm. you know, maybe not as much as other songs, but I still come back to them. A perfect example was last night. There was a song that was at least eight years old that I revisited just to put in a new chorus and it sounds great. So it's really, you know, it's really unique when it's, 
when it's ready, uh, it kind of just you feel it, and you're you're wanting to um, you're wanting to share it. So you write for you write a lot. <laughs> you're co-writing. <laughs> you're writing with other artists all the time. You write for Pepper first and foremost, Sabotage Sound System, Naughty Dawn, another project you have, and then you either co-write or write for other artists constantly so Mm -hmm. do you ever get overwhelmed with writing songs it's part of it's been part of me for so long that it's something that i would just do anyway i'll start it off that way uh when it does come down to timelines yeah it can get a, a bit overwhelming and that's um that's really important to to do that ear break to get away um i really love going for walks you know on the beach i really like getting if I if I'm I'm feeling overwhelmed, I get out in nature and I just kind of collect there. But there there is a lot of writing and there are a lot of timelines and there's a lot of people that are waiting for you to produce, you know. And sometimes because it's an art, it takes longer to get um, to get what you want out and to force it. It's not really a. I've never had a really good experience to force it. There is something really nice about having a timeline, but to have a lot of timelines for a lot of different things can be overwhelming. So I would say, yes, sometimes I am overwhelmed, but luckily I have some tools that help me along when I'm overwhelmed. Like I mentioned, getting out in nature, uh, meditation is, uh, it's the one, it's the one like ultimate, uh, uh, hack or tool that I have in my, in my toolbox to, just relieve any of any kind of stress or anxiety that may come up because there's a lot of people depending on you to produce this. Um, there's fans, there's other writers and it, and it goes on and on. There's a, a record label and, and, and all that kind of thing. So the overwhelming can happen. And when that happens, I usually tend to write about being overwhelmed. <laughs> okay. Art, what is it? Art inspires life, life mm. inspires art. Yeah. I notice too that, uh, how does fasting help with your writing or hinder Fa- your writing? I mean, I think right now I'm seeing you on a five day on a fast and you're just in writing mode. And I think that's probably helping a little bit too. Absolutely. Fasting, um, there's, I, I don't think there's been any better, I would say, health improvement for me than fasting it's just one of those things that just makes me feel incredible without having to have any social uh interactions and without having to have any dinner plans i'm able to get into a zone and write and be really really clear and allow myself the maximum amount of time this really helps out when i'm at home when i'm in my studio where i feel really comfortable writing um and and doing as much as i possibly can while feeling really good and um and allowing it to unfold in that in that kind of way all right so i have one last question um how do you renew the passion to do it day in and day out what inspires you um you know it's just something that i've done for so long babe that i would be doing this if it wasn't my career Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, well, you've I, been doing I, it since you were 14. Exactly. I've been doing this for so long. It's it's kind of one of those things that keeps it keeps me in a state of flow. And you know that's that's the that's where I really want to be. I want to be in a state of flow. I want to flow with 
my life. I want to flow with this music. I want to flow. And and to be able to have so many different positions, whether it be a, a composer, a writer, a producer, a vocalist, uh, a guitarist, a, a pianist, uh, whatever, uh, a beat maker, um, all of these things just keep, it's like the like attracts like thing. And they keep me in a state of expansion and they keep me wanting to improve and they keep me engaged. And that's how I stay passionate. It's because the landscape can change um, day to day with whatever I'm focused on through all of this incredible expansion and all of these, these things that I've learned to do uh, over the last you know 25 years um, of my life. So that's how the passion comes in. It doesn't get boring in the sense that if it ever does, it means I'm not in the right place. And so what I can do is I can go to another place within the musical realm that can bring this like excitement and passion back in. Sometimes, um, if, if you wouldn't mind, sometimes I'll just grab a, a cajon, which mm-hmm. is that box that you love. I love that thing. I know. And I'll set it up in the middle of our, <laughs> our room and I'll just beat on it and record it like just with a one room mic and, you know, just just come up with a, a simple, easy melody. I love it. I know. And that brings me back to this primal, um, this, this primal state. And to think about it, music is so primal ever since we were, you know, in, in evolutionary speaking, in evolution speaking, it's just, you know, hitting sticks together, humming. Uh, we watched a documentary where uh, the primordial ohm was discussed, mm-hmm. where it is the first sound. It's good. It's on Amazon called Inner Worlds, Outer Worlds. We highly recommend it. Yeah, and it was the first sound. So even in ohm, but we have we have this within our our DNA, this passion to make noise and to to do this. And I think that's why music affects so many of us in that sense. It's because it is something that we all have in us. It's from the dawn of time. Well, it's expression. We all want to be able to express ourselves truthfully and to be heard. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely Vishuddha. This is yes. the throat chakra stuff. You know, I honestly think it's all of the chakras. Mm-hmm. I, th- I really think music well, they is... All go yeah, because they, they're all in. And y- you can have um, some sort of frequencies um, really connect with a certain chakra. So yeah, um, I, I, it's a, it's a primal thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just embedded, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. Great questions, by the way. These are good. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, okay. So I know that one of the most popular questions you get asked in interviews is where does your inspiration come from? And I have a funny story about that. I hate that question, (laughs) by the way. Okay. So back in the day, were we married at or we were just dating? I don't even know. It was like 18 years ago. Okay. Um, we were having lunch with my dad and my stepmom and oh, let, me, shit. let me set the stage a little bit here. My dad's like uh. Moby in the sense that he's like a sober vegan or sober vegetarian. <laughs> right? <laughs> and he let, he has this amazing dry sense of humor and I, I just, I know my dad so much and I think he likes to make people squirm. <laughs> 
I think that he gets would, a that, kick out of that. That would be that would be a good way to put it, yeah. especially for this one incident. Yeah, this was like yeah back in no, the. No, we very, were. I think yeah, we were married already. I don't know if we were. I think this is back in the early early days where you know it was it was a very interesting. We time. can look at when that song was created. Okay. Okay, so I think we were married. Okay. But anyway, so we went to lunch, and you know, here's my dad. Um, just asking Kaleo questions, not not interviewing, but I mean, you know, my dad. It was kind of like an interview. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. Keep in mind, my dad loves Kaleo, but he does like making people squirm. I just know this about him. <laughs> so he asked Kaleo, he kind of sets it up. He's like, so uh, do you write all your songs? He's like, yeah, yeah, I do. So where do you get your inspiration from? And Kaleo says, well, just, you know, true life, life experiences. And my dad cracked a smile and he goes, all right. So where'd that pussy licking song come from? <laughs> I, it was at that point where I just looked at him. Kaleo looked at the waitress actually and said, excuse me, can I get a glass of wine and a meatball? <laughs> to my sober vegan dad <laughs> in front of. And he looked at my dad straight in the eye and he goes, yep, life experiences. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was. Awesome. Yeah. It, not many people can make me feel like that, but your dad, because he's such a self-made man, you know, like <laughs> it, it, it was, it was definitely, a, it was I mean, a good, it was a good, me and Renee it was a good were just looking at each other with wide eyes cracking up on the inside. It was, it was a really good time. It's pretty hard to get me feeling like Love you guys. If you're listening. <laughs> anyway, thanks, Greg. Yeah. Thanks, right. Greg. Okay. So now we're going to get to some questions. Wow. They are coming in. So we're going to do just a kind of a lightning round. Will you explain I kinda like what this, a, by the a lightning way. I, I, round I like is? this DMing while we're podcasting kind of thing where yeah. the questions are coming in. Like, it keeps it really live. It does. All right. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So the lightning round is basically, um, I ask a question that we got through direct message on Instagram okay. and Clea would do kind of a, a brief abbreviated answer, like short and to the point. I'd like to um, take a really quick moment though to present lightning round. Lightning round is something that um, Yasad and Brett and I have done with interviewers for our, our whole career. It's because we wanted the interview to be done pretty quickly. So we would force them to come up with questions. And, you know, lightning round for us is like, uh, so you go like this. Okay, here we go. Lightning round. Uh, Guns and Roses or Nirvana? Guns and Roses. See, that's lightning round. Okay. And then everyone around in the, the room has to say it really quick. Okay. Right. Okay, so. Oh, this we. is fun. We should do this to me sometime too. Yeah. <laughs> Never t- Although I might get really nervous. Yeah, My hands I- are already sweating. Because <laughs> then I'm rethinking it. But wait, I love Nirvana too. Shoot. Right. Ask me on a day that... Okay. Right, right. All right. So let's do this lightning round. Let me go back to the beginning here. Let's go to the first one. Okay. Is there a routine or ritual that Kaleo does to get in the mood to write a song? I mean, if we're going to go lightning round, it's either like yes or no, right? But I want to be a little no, more... No, you can just do shorter answers. Shorter answers. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how about how about soft lightning round? <laughs> okay, okay. Just a little bit of far away lightning round. Okay, okay. So, uh, yeah, like the festival can still go on lightning round. Yes, yes. Uh, we're not rained out. Uh, there is no ritual. Um, I, I just... There is no ritual. I just get, I just get into it. I don't know how to answer. There is, I I don't set it up. There's no like candles being lit in. There's no anything like that. I just, (laughs) I just get right into it. Uh, And especially when I start feeling it, I'll just start writing quickly, quickly. If I'm not feeling it, I'll, I'll sit around and listen to something until I am feeling it because it doesn't really take that much time for me to awake into what I do. Okay. 
Next one is, I've recently started writing reggae songs. What advice do you have for a beginner in this beautiful genre? Um, try to keep it positive. Uh, reggae music really, you know, the listeners and, um, you know, the, the frequencies of reggae really lend themselves to positivity. I mean, when you go and you, and you listen to Bob, even the heavy songs, you know, you really still feel you still good. still feel good. Yeah. yeah. So, that's true. yeah, that's, that's what I would say. Awesome. I would like to know if Kalea writes his lyrics or guitar riffs first before making a song. Um, it goes either way. Uh, that's a both hand question. Uh, I do, however, tend to spend more time with music first. But uh, if there is something that I've written down on a cocktail napkin somewhere in some bar at Exhale or something or at the Lighthouse, yeah, then mm -hmm. I'll definitely, uh, music will sparse up for that. Okay. Um, this one, first of all, Kaleo, you are so multi-talented, heart emoji. Both You both are, but on the topic of lyrics and songwriting, lyrics speak to me like they do with so many. Whatever I'm going through, I can always find song lyrics to match. My question is, since you are a songwriter, when you hear a song lyrics that resonate with you, have you ever thought to yourself, there's another way to tell this story? Absolutely. And that's a, it's a really, really good question. So, um, you know, you're going to listen to a love song, right? You're going to listen to many, many, many love songs or many, many, many songs about a girl or many, many, many songs about Christmas. It's, it's one of those things where, um, you have the opportunity to say something in your own words. And this is like a really, it's a huge privilege. So craft the words that you want to say. And if you get inspired by some other words, I mean, that's fantastic. And, and to tell you the truth, a lot of a lot of my songs come from inspirations um, that have already been uh, presented and, and manifested in this world. I think that's that's how a lot of art is. It mm -hmm. doesn't have to be just songwriting. Right. Yeah. Um, are, ly are your lyrics still written on bar napkins? Are there still bar napkins? <laughs> um, yes, there are still bar napkins. A lot of time they're, they're black or a dark color though. Mm -hmm. uh, what I do is I, I carry a pen um, and if the bar napkins are black, I'll ask for, uh, or I'll just use the receipt mm -hmm. from, yeah, and lose the other side of the copy that's mine, uh, which, you know, it, it's a great way to get the idea down, but it does take a lot of time when you get back home and you just have all of these uh, one word receipts or napkins spread all over your, your desk, <laughs> but, uh, you go through it because something hit you at some time. And I find that if you don't listen to something that is talking to you, the voice stops talking to you. So I like to keep it in my vibration of, okay, all right, I feel this. I'm going to write this down. And not only that, but now, you know, we have voice memos on our phone, so I can easily throw an idea on my phone as well. Uh, whether it be a melody or if I'm playing guitar, I'll just hit the uh, voice memo button and record it. And then I'll, I'll sift through that and see what sticks and what, what I don't want to pursue. Okay. Um, another one here. I just heard an interview that Paul McCartney and John Lennon used to feud with each other through their songs. So, OG, do you ever write lyrics with the intention directed towards someone? With uh, love in your heart, of course. This is funny because actually Fleetwood Mac did that too. Because they were all together in multiple ways. <laughs> right, good way to <laughs> say it. Back and forth, right. I don't know. They would actually write songs to each other to like get back at each other. Paul and John, uh, probably the, the greatest songwriting team of all time in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, they were like the first like Pac and Biggie. If you want to, if you want to go down that route, you know, especially <laughs> when the Beatles split, they had a lot to say to each other through song. Mm -hmm. uh, the way if I'm going to direct something to someone, um, yeah, I have done that. However, like Melanie brought up earlier, I like, you know, entendres. I like to keep it um, multiversed so you can take the, the lyrics how you want to. Mm -hmm. But they are there are definitely songs that I've directed to people in my past, but you wouldn't really be able to, to figure it out to figure it out. And I'm hoping that it's just it's um, something that someone will resonate to in, in that relationship with whatever they're going through with whoever they're going through. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, all right. Here's another one. How has your journey through yoga and meditation affected your songwriting? It has completely allowed me to to focus. Now, I'd like to say something. I was meditating before I knew what meditation was. And I've always actually meditated. I've just never given it a name. Um, but meditation also happens to me with paper. And so when I'm there and I'm able to, you know, purge on page, I think, Melanie, you taught me that term. The purge on page, uh, this is just kind of like a release. It's kind of like acupuncture in a sense. So I'm able to write. And uh, now now that I have a name for it, and uh, I have a ritual for meditation, not songwriting, but meditation, um, it really allows me to get into, I would say, more of the subconscious mind, which meditation does, which brings more of a, I would say, awareness to what I'm trying to say. So yeah, and, and meditation and yoga go hand in hand for me. I rarely think about music when I'm doing an asana practice, but in my meditation, music visits me a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay, now ne next part of this question. Do you feel you are more mindful at this point in your journey? And if so, do you think that your next album will reflect that mindfulness? The mindfulness, yeah. Um, however, the funny thing is I've always been focused no matter what age I was on music and what I've done in the studio and what albums we were making, I was always focused. So I've never had, um, I would say a disconnect with being mindfulness with recording music. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm not sure. I know that I'm in a different place as we all should be, you know, of the expansion of life, but I still truly feel that like my roots have always and my roots remain and that's I've always been very focused at the tasks of of what we're recording and what we're playing and what we're doing I can definitely back you up on that because I mean you know we've I've known you for I would say I've known you for over 20 years mm -hmm. we've been together for almost 20 years and you're um you have the same dedication and attitude when you go into write as you did back in the day there's this passion so I don't know what's going on in your mind mentally when you sit down at the desk or on the on the beach or on the couch, whatever you wherever you are to write. But I know that it's been consistent for for that long. Since I yeah, I, I've, I've always been really grateful for the opportunity to be to do this. And um, like I have been doing this for a really long time. And, and it's kind of I mean, it's old hand to me in that sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, and then she backs this up with. On the next tour, can you offer VIP packages that include a quick yoga sesh with Kaleo? Absolutely. Um, however, I'd like to bring up to you that uh, we just got back from Closer to the Sun uh, a month and a half ago, and Rebel and Muse uh, took over the the yoga mm -hmm. for for that. And that was so fun. And I think Rebel and Muse is going to start 
you know, the plan for tw- uh, 2019 for Rebel and Muse is, is to try to um, integrate Rebel and Muse with other music uh, festivals as well. And to be able to be the the, the yoga experience um, on these these getaways that bands are providing. And it really excites me to do that, you know. And when Pepper uh, announces their uh, getaway, which is very soon, Rebel and Muse will be there as well. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. All right, does Cleo ever brainstorm naughty lyrics about his thoughts revolving around fantasies? Constantly. <laughs> All the time. All you the know, time. yeah, it's it's one of those things where uh, Obvi. It's a yeah, it's it's they're they're stories and the stories are they're they're true and they're not true all in the same story and i'm that's kind of you know song what writing. a song is yeah that's what a song is <laughs> what are the differences between songwriting for pepper and sabotage sound system uh the only different experiences in sabotage i have um i have no chemistry with uh brett or ye and those and why that is important is because Brett and Yi have been the people that I have played music with the longest. And so our chemistry is very, it's very set and our personalities are very different. And that's what makes a pepper song, a pepper song is a whole bunch of ideas that get mashed together. And that's what's produced. Um, and depending on where you want to flex or when, when you want to release your attachment to the idea that is presented for the three of you. For Sabotage, it's a free flow just f- right from, there's almost just, there's no, I would say, it's more flow. There's less things being discussed in Sabotage, um, and it's just more of what feels right in Sabotage. Where in a band situation, if anyone's in a band, there are different entities, but it's really cool because it offers this contrast. Yet again, sabotage is really great because you're seeing writing unfiltered. It's just a flow of where um, someone is coming from, well, where I'm coming from, but in that sense. So to have the opportunity to write with people and to write by yourself and to release music in those two capacities it's an incredible balance and it's a really fun to do both because you have the option of doing both. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So that is, well, actually there's more coming in, but let's, um, let's pause that for another day. Okay. Great. All right. Yeah. Thank uh, you this, so much for sharing all of this. This is really interesting because yeah. I see you from my point of view, like I said, you look like the hottest mad scientist ever with your your scruffy beard and your jammies and your glasses on yeah that's really hot isn't it <laughs> no you, you are <laughs> if you could see what i see right now oh my god it's i'm wearing ser- i seriously am wearing the same clothes i have for like a week and when and- i say jammies it's basically cozy clothes because jammies is like nothing <laughs> so it's whatever your what does danielle call it your bang arounds i think <laughs> so yeah home, home clothes yeah yeah well thank you um, yeah, no, this was really fun to, to discuss and, and something I don't really discuss. Uh, and you have some great questions. 
Yeah. Thank you. 90, so did, yeah. All 90% these better have... than most interviewers out there. So that was really nice. Well, it was me and all these amazing DMs that came through on Rebel Amuse. Awesome. Thanks for your time. Yeah. So today's podcast is sponsored by Flower of Life. Oh my gosh. That's the one thing I miss on a fast. Is yeah. My he's f- not taking, fl- well, just the tincture. Well, the tincture is my favorite. The 3000 milligram one they have. Oh, that is my favorite too. It has, it has MCT oil in it. That's the only thing. It's CBD and MCT oil. And when I'm not fasting, MCT oil or actually brain octane is like, that's, that's, that's my jam, babe. I love that. <laughs> that really is. And well, more for me while you fast. I know. <laughs> I really, really do. I sleep probably, I sleep probably about three hours a night deeper when I have MCT. Uh, I'm sorry. When I have the flower of life CBD, uh, before bed. Absolutely. Well, you like to take um, this tea. It's like a sleepy time Buddha tea or something. Oh my gosh, the sleepy time Buddha tea and a combination of the Flower of Life CBD, the 3000 milligram one. It's it's like, oh, you just drift into this deep, deep sleep. And, you know, the only thing that pulls me out is if I have to pee. In the middle well, of the and night. I don't like to drink the tea if I have to wake up early because I usually feel pretty groggy if I if I drink a tea that has um, skullcap or valerian or something in it, and I wake up groggy, and I don't like that. So I do the CBD at night, and I sleep like a baby. Actually, mm. not like a baby. No, babies, babies wake sleep. up That's, all the time. What a false! Yeah. what a false premise. <laughs> that is really not true. Babies are I just sleep like a non-baby. <laughs> right, exactly. If babies slept like a baby, then parents wouldn't be so pissed off all the time. <laughs> Ah, and with that we're out oh wait hold on we have a code oh on folcbd.com flower of life punch in rebel and muse for 15 percent off your whole order awesome thank you guys so much all right peace